Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Right now, you have me, as I am doing this podcast, at the number two podcast in sports in all of America. I appreciate all of the support from you guys. In all honesty, I've never seen anything like it. The downloads, the support uh, that we are getting on this show is amazing. If you want to support the show as much as you possibly can, go sign up for the OutKick VIP and or go give us a five-star review. If you get a five-star review and your five-star review is read by Danny G, you will get an autographed copy of my book. Uh, In the meantime, we have got a loaded show for you today. We got Petros Papadakis swinging by discussing, believe it or not, whether or not I could beat up Jeff Goldblum if the two of us got into a fight. Uh, Goldblum once stole a girl from Petros. Also, we will talk with John Morosi about the return of Major League Baseball, and I will discuss why in the world college football is the only sport in America that might not play this season. All that and more, the podcast for OutKick, the number two podcast in all of sports. See if you can make us number one. Maybe we can. I don't know. Keep downloading and giving us reviews begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays wherever you may be across this country or this great land. Uh, We got a lot to get into. I want to start right off here. I feel like there's desperate need for some optimism. I don't know about the crew out there, but if you're in California, they just shut you down again. Uh, There is an upswing, I would say, in general with all of the fear porn that is raining down upon the country. So I want to start right here. 
I want you to think with me right now where we are in mid-July and where we are scheduled to be by August the 1st, okay? By August the 1st, in two weeks, here is where we are going to be, which many people would not have believed in April. They wouldn't have believed in May. They wouldn't have believed in June. There are a lot of people who want to always embrace negativity. But August 1st in this country, in the world of sports, think about this. The NBA will have restarted. Major League Baseball will be underway. The NHL will be underway. The MLS will continue to be playing. We will have NASCAR continuations, the PGA continuing. We will have UFC, all different sorts of wackiness going on, both in the United States and associated with Fight Island. The NFL will have moved into uh, its training camp era and be within uh, a month and change of officially starting its season. Boxing will be taking place across the country. I think I just named every sport in America, just about, will be underway by August 1st. August and September are set up to be the busiest months in the history of the American sports calendar in our lives. You will never have seen anything like the busyness of August and September. The one sport that you heard me that I did not mention is the one that is now getting all of the attention. That is college football. And let me be straightforward and clear here. If college football doesn't play, this will be an unbelievable, self-inflicted, stupid loss on behalf of college football fans everywhere. All of those other sports are going to be underway and playing this fall, and college football might find a way not to play. This is an example of giving in to fear This is an example of not looking at the data. This is a great and perfect example of what happens when you allow people to embrace not the facts, but the fear. Right now in this country, we have a battle between facts and fear, and the coronavirus has exposed how often this country picks fear over facts. Right now, there is a huge cottage industry of fear porn that exists in our country. And you might be saying, well, what do you mean by fear porn, Clay? I mean, you don't look at the data. The media picks the one bad story and they run with it and it spreads like wildfire on social media. There are so many examples out there right now, but you know what I'm talking about. You understand If somebody who is 35 years old dies with the coronavirus, oftentimes not of, but with, you hear about it a million times. You hear almost nothing about the fact that we're approaching a 99.9% recovery rate in many parts of Florida from the coronavirus right now. I'm stunned this didn't get more attention. Yesterday on CNN... One of the doctors, maybe we need to pull this and play this, actually. In fact, Danny G, 
go ahead and go into my Twitter uh, Twitter lineup of uh, everything that I've been sending. Scroll down, I don't know, 20 tweets or so until you see a CNN clip that I retweeted. And let's see if we can play this at some point in the hour. But a doctor from Tampa went on CNN yesterday, and I think he blew their mind on CNN with what he told them. And it was this, that if you look at the data, known cases... The survival rate, regardless of age now, in Florida is over 99% in the city of Tampa, Hillsborough County, that area right now. I know we got a lot of listeners down there. And that it is rapidly declining even as the number of cases is going up in Florida. And considering that we're only catching around 1 in 10 cases, that would mean that the recovery rate, even if you get the coronavirus in the state of Florida, is 99.9% now for positive cases of the coronavirus. That's all ages. If you are a young athlete, if you are a young person who plays college sports, you are more likely to be struck by lightning than you are to die of the coronavirus. You are more likely to die driving to your college campus than you are from the coronavirus, all right? If you don't want to hear me, this is Dr. Charles Lockwood from, I believe, the University of South Florida. He was on CNN yesterday. I want you to listen to this. These are real facts that hardly anyone is talking about on social media Everyone wants to embrace the fear porn. I just ran through the fact that every sport is poised to play with the exception potentially of college football, which is giving in to the Corona bros who are out there spreading fear porn. Here is the doctor that was on CNN yesterday. This should have gone viral. Everybody should be talking about it. Instead, your boy is one of the few that actually shared this. Listen. Um, it's a different epidemic than hit New York. We have a much younger population um, being diagnosed, and we're much better prepared. Obviously, we've had three months to prepare, so we do have a lot of surge capacity. When you, when you get those numbers about the ICU, they don't really reflect all the emergency ICU capacity that hospitals have created. For example, Tampa General has uh, 87 additional ventilators available, which we haven't even begun to use yet. But the most striking thing is our case fatality rate, which has dropped and dropped and dropped. It's now to 1.5%. So that's cases, uh, deaths over cases. It's one of the lowest in the country. And in fact, in Tampa, in Hillsborough County, today, as of a few minutes ago, it dropped to actually um, less than 1%. We have a case fatality rate of less than 1%. So a lot of that's reflecting the younger population. Most of the folks that we're diagnosing are between the ages of 15 and 44. Most of the folks in the hospital, in the ICUs, are between the ages of 55 and 85. Um, so the other thing is we're much better able to take care of them in the hospital. We have remdesivir, we have dexamethasone, we have convalescent uh, plasma therapy. Um, we do a much better job of, of ventilating. The, the, there are a couple other reasons why I'm, I'm not 
as pessimistic as maybe some folks that you've heard. One is that we seem to have peaked about a week ago in the emergency department visits for COVID-like illnesses um, and also for influenza-like illnesses. The other is that our horrible test positive rate, which was 20% um, 10 days ago, actually was 20% even on 7-8, July 8th, has now dropped to about uh, around 11%. Um, so that's, that's trending in the right direction. The other thing that is driving the case is clearly it's spread because of the test positive rate. But um, we did 143,000 tests on Saturday. Um, when the governor uh, eight weeks ago said that we were going to triple the number of tests done per day in the state from 10,000 to 30,000 a day, people thought he was crazy. We did 143,000 tests uh, on Saturday. So that will drive up cases because we're picking up the pre-symptomatic and the asymptomatic cases. But, you know, we are spreading. There's no doubt about it. The, the test positive rate had been at 3% at one point, and, and now it's at, uh, at you know, 11% or so. Well, I certainly hope you're correct in finding those data points that suggest maybe the worst there is over. At least it's unmanageable. We'll keep in touch as it plays out. Dr. Lockwood, very much. All right, that's CNN. Almost no one heard about it. Some people say, well, why are you talking about this? Well, I think it's important. I think it's important about the return of sports. We've got the NBA going on soon down in Florida. Uh, We've got certainly the MLS underway. And the college football, the state of where college football is going to be, is being impacted in a massive way by what's going on in Florida. So a couple days ago, First of all, a couple of other things additionally that came out of what Dr. Lockwood said. He said, we think we've already peaked in Florida. So this new surge of cases, he thinks the peak happened about a week ago. So we are already now through the worst of these new surges of cases. But I want you to follow me along here uh, and and confirm, guys, that you know, live math for me on live radio is oftentimes a mess. But... Uh, They had 15,300 new cases in Florida recently. Uh, The doctor there in Dr. Lockwood said that the death rate has now fallen in his part of Florida under 1%. That would mean that of those 15,300 people, that under 150 of those infected people that they know about would actually die of the coronavirus. So you're talking about 15,300 people who test positive, under 150 of those people would actually end up dying, which means that Florida is nowhere near what New York was, okay? Remember, he said case fatality rate, the CFR, that's known cases. All of the data reflects that we're only catching one in every 10 of the cases. If you back that out, that would mean that even for people who are infected, we are talking about now in the state of Florida, a 99.9% recovery rate. Okay, what you have to do if you are making smart decisions, and by the way, we're going to talk tomorrow with the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, who is grappling with all of this data as we speak and says, uh, along with the ACC and the Big 12, 
that they're going to try to make decisions about the season at the end of July. I just want you to think about this with me. How in the world is college football going to not play when the MLS, NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, NASCAR, PGA, uh, the UFC, and boxing, and there's probably some other sports that I'm not mentioning as well, the WNBA, that's at least 10 sports that are going to be going on in some form or fashion by August 1st. It's going to look absolutely ludicrous if college football is the only sport that's not going on. I'm going to open up the phone lines and allow you guys to ask questions. 877-996-6369. That's 877-996-6369. But let me bring in the crew right here and also get their take. Danny G, does it seem crazy to you when you think about that? Because I'm not hearing very many people talk about this. College football, we basically have uh, boiled it down to the point where college football might be the only sport that isn't played this fall out of all of the large interest-level sports, right? In other words, if you were ranking a typical fall, the by far the most interesting sport, most interested sport for my audience out there is the NFL. Nationwide, most people watch the NFL. Second most popular sports, college football. Okay, it's a little bit of a different season certainly than ever before. We're going to have the busiest August and September in the history of sports. Okay, so the busiest sport, most interested, most intrigued in my audience is NFL. Number two is college football. That's the case for the entire nation. How crazy is it going to be if all those other sports that I just ran through are playing and college football isn't? It's going to be very difficult for all of us sports fans. I can't imagine it not happening And I think a larger part of this, Clay, and you talked about this a lot last week, is what's going on with teachers and and the adults, obviously not the students. My sister, for instance, she's a teacher. She was celebrating a little bit yesterday because she was nervous about having to go back in to her actual classroom. She's been doing the, the Zoom and the online stuff in a corner of her house at her desk and she's like I didn't want to go and I told her stop being a wuss yeah eventually you're gonna have to go back to your classroom not only that I'm glad you mentioned that like in Nashville so my kids live outside of the city of Nashville a little bit and it looks like our kids are likely uh, to be back in school in some form or fashion here where the city of Nashville is not Um, and the, the, the crazy thing about this is it's an irrational decision laced with fear that people are making when it comes to schools not opening. L.A. County is not opening now, San Diego. Uh, And I I don't know the particulars in L.A., but I do know these in Nashville. Uh, Over 30% of Nashville public school kids, and I was a public school kid growing up. I went to public school K-12 through in the city of Nashville. Uh, Over 30% of kids K-12 through don't have access at home to a computer. Over 20% of kids K-12 through in Nashville don't have access to working Wi-Fi at their house. If you care about equality, which I do, and if you care about equal access to education, which I do, the kids that are going to fall behind and never catch up again are the poorest in our communities who don't have computers at home and don't have Wi-Fi. 
Well, not to mention the free lunch program as well. Well, yeah, I was going to get to that. Free lunch, uh, not to mention uh, teachers who can recognize if child abuse is going on. Not to mention for all the parents out there who have to work and have kids at home and don't have any options when you have young kids and you are trying to keep them home. Furthermore, the younger your kids are, and I've got a rising kindergartner uh, as well as a fourth grader and a seventh grader, but that kindergartner needs to be socializing with other kids he can't sit in front of, at least most kindergartners can't, sit in front of a computer and learn anywhere near the same kind of level. And the teachers are only going to be teaching in Nashville for two hours every day. So how in the world is that anywhere near the same equivalent of learning? Kids are going to be out of school now for parts of two years. And young kids are never going to make that up. We talk about all the time, studies do, that that the poorest kids are the biggest losers from getting off for summer. When you're a kid and you're advantaged and your parents are home and they're able to help you, you don't fall back as much when you get out for the entire summer. When you're a poor kid, you do. And so I just see all these people who claim that they want to do the best for the most amount of people making fundamentally irrational choices predicated on not the real world data, but on fear porn. And it bothers me. And look, people say, well, you're talking about this in the context of sports and the larger universe. I think it matters that kids might not be able to play high school football in some states this year. Uh, I think it matters that kids are not going to be out being socialized. I think it matters that lots of sports in general, we've already lost Little League Baseball for kids. My kids are examples. They didn't get to play Little League Baseball this summer. And kids are 20 times as likely to die of the flu as they are to die of the coronavirus. And we've never shut down Little League Baseball for the flu. And you would be laughing at the idea of it. And, and one reason why my audience has surged, we have right now, I just woke up this morning and checked, OutKick right now, and I'd encourage you to go subscribe, is the number two podcast in the entire nation in all of sports. Right now, for the past several weeks, we have been, according to iTunes, the highest ranked sports talk radio show in the entire country. And that's because many of you understand intuitively that the media is not being honest to you and you are out searching for the truth, the real data. And the real data says, kids, wherever you are across the entire nation and honestly around the world, they need to be in school this fall. And the real data says all sports need to be played, whether it's college football, whether it is uh, is the NFL or whatever you're into, All of it needs to be played. Dub, do you think it's crazy, this idea that college football might be the only sport that the Corona Bros managed to get canceled this fall? Yeah, I think it is crazy, and I think it's crazy because that's the sport that has the most to lose by not playing. I mean, if you look at how much money football brings in for every single one of these schools, I feel like if they don't have a season this year, I mean, it could. we already saw Stanford, what, they have to cancel? 11 sports. 11 sports? Yeah. I feel like if we don't have college football, that's going to be a common theme across the country, regardless of how much money people think some of these schools have. I think you're going to see a lot of different sports have to close down certain programs, and I think it's going to be just absolutely catastrophic for the NCAA as a whole. So, I mean, I, I'm still hopeful, and I still think we're going to have college football, but if we don't, I, it's going to be 
a substantial loss across the board nationwide. It's going to be a huge failure. Just like L.A. City Schools and Nashville City Schools not opening is a huge failure. It's a triumph of fear over facts. It bothers me. Uh, Eddie, what you got? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think certainly the difference is with college football is the perception that, you know, look, pros are getting paid. It's their decision to continue their career or not. And college players obviously aren't getting compensated. And and it seems like, you know, this is not a job they're deciding to go to or not. Let me say that you shouldn't have to play. Right. I mean, I want to be straightforward on that. And I've said that from the from the get go. If for whatever reason you are like David Price and you buy into this idea of the fear porn and you for your particular decision, maybe it's based on your family, maybe it's based on your unique psychological state, you just don't feel comfortable, you don't have to play. And to the credit of the Big Ten and the SEC and the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 12, and I'm also assuming all the minor conferences, they have all come out and said, hey, if you don't want to play, you can stay on scholarship and this won't impact you. And I would imagine the NCAA will allow all those kids to have redshirt seasons and keep their eligibility as well. So uh, so that's an important factor and, and detail here as well. Roberto, does it seem as crazy to you that every other sport might play but college football? I got to agree with you when you with earlier when you talked about the kids that are, are going to suffer, man. I, my daughter has been taking Zoom classes, but, you know, lucky my wife has a background in school. She's a college counselor. So when she's there, she's helping my she's making sure my yep. daughter's sitting on the sitting on the screen, paying attention. But you look at other kids that are just like there and they're not they're not a lot of kids are not paying attention. A lot of kids are lagging. I told my wife a lot of kids are not going to learn. I'm not going to learn anything, man. Yes. The people who are going to lose out the most, unfortunately, are the most disadvantaged already. The gap between privileged and unprivileged is going to grow the longer kids stay out of school. That's the entire purpose of public education in the first place, to try to give everybody an equal shot at success in life. All right, speaking of an equal shot at success in life, go subscribe right now to the Outkick VIP. Uh, We are on an absolute roll. Jason Whitlock, myself, I just told you we got the number two podcast in America. We're going to debut a new podcast network in August. This week, Jason Whitlock and I for the VIPs are going to do special Zoom calls uh, just for the VIPs where we respond to all your questions. There's a huge message board community that is blown up uh, behind the paywall. You can comment on all of our articles as well as get a special VIP line to call when we open up the phone lines on OutKick. All of that is your ability to grab into at OutKick.com. Sign up for the VIP right now, 877-996-6369. Your call's next. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Let me go ahead and take some of your calls. Uh, who's up first, Dub? Uh, we got Andrew in Florida. Andrew, fire away. Good morning, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been a big fan of your show when you guys were talking sports, but now that you've brought on Whitlock and you guys are kind of wading through the swamp of all this social justice stuff, I've taken even a more liking to your show because you have the ability to articulate ideas that are in my head that, you know, I don't know that I always feel. And my question, my question to that is, is um, what am I supposed to tell my two young kids why I should be excited about some of these sports returning that we used to enjoy watching as a family that are now telling me that I'm racist or telling me that, 
How am I supposed to explain to my children what's going on with these social justice messages that will be on the back of these NBA jerseys? And um, because I, I want to support the sports, but I don't want to support that message. And I'm confused between the two, and I could really use some help. How old are your kids? Um, six and eight. Okay. Uh, so, I, I first of all, I totally understand Many of you out there that are like, man, I've been waiting for sports to get back for so long. I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm a huge football fan, soccer, whatever it is. And then sports get back and it's like sports are completely embracing politics in a way that has never occurred before. And the reason why most people watch sports, I really do believe this is to try and get away from the serious things in life. And then, boom, you put them on, and they're lecturing you about their particular political bent. And look, I think every athlete, coach, whoever it is, has the right to their political opinion. But I think there is a a difference between that political opinion uh, that they are sharing when they're using their social media feeds or when they're being interviewed after a game or whatever else, And when they're making a statement in uniform during the game. And I particularly think that it's insanely hypocritical when it's, for instance, the NBA and they are taking money from China. If you heard us talking about this yesterday with Jason Whitlock uh, and also with the senator from Missouri, Josh Hawley, they're taking money from uh, from the communist China. That if you want to draw an analogy, people love to talk about being on the right side of history right now. The NBA is basically taking money from Nazis. It's not an exaggeration. If you want to say who is the most like the Nazis in our modern day global governments, the answer is China. And I think so many people are missing what China is doing because China is helping to create a fights between us, right? If we're throwing punches, Democrats and Republicans and independents all at each other all day long on social media about Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or whatever it is, we're missing the fact that China's kicking our ass and they're punching us in the back of the head and we're not even responding. China is uh, created, they have concentration camps. They took over Hong Kong. They want to take over uh, the Taiwan and also uh, the, uh, the Chinese Sea. South China Sea, Uh, they uh, don't allow basic human rights. They have told the NBA to shut up and dribble if you want to continue to cash the billions of dollars that we are sending to you. And the NBA is saying thank you. This is the equivalent in the 1930s of American corporations taking money from Nazi Germany because they want to just take the money and they don't care what's going on there. Furthermore, China has unleashed the coronavirus on the world which got out of their country because they lied to everyone and didn't stop it from spreading. And the coronavirus has caused more economic problems, not to mention the lives that have been lost, but just the economic problems. The coronavirus has caused more economic disaster in the United States than the Nazis ever did. And yet we're not doing anything about it. So your kids are six and eight. Um, I, I think what you say to them is, The great thing about America is everybody is entitled to make their political statements however they see fit. The other great thing about America is everybody can decide whether or not they want to watch that. 
And I think all of the leagues, the data reflects that the more political they go, the more of an audience they lose. And I think that American athletes have lost the connection between their paycheck and fans watching the sport. And we know that when the uh, Colin Kaepernick protest saga developed in the NBA, ratings dropped 19% and the league's lost television partners lost hundreds of millions of dollars. I think embracing sports, uh, sports leagues, embracing politics is a really, really bad move that is going to turn off a huge percentage of their audience. Who's up next, Dub? Uh, we got Jim in Pennsylvania. Jim, what you got for me? Hey, Clay. You know, we're talking about fear with this thing here. It wasn't all that long ago that there was a uh, perceived terrorist threat on a Super Bowl game, and that could take out thousands of people in one fell swoop. And it was just one game, a big game, but just one game. And I don't recall anybody saying they shouldn't play the game or the stands were empty or anything like that. And I just think it's kind of hypocritical, um, you know, when you compare one to the other. Yeah. So, they, your look, here's what's happened. Safetyism has taken over rationality in this country. If you are under 50 years old right now, which two-thirds of the United States population is, okay, I understand that some of you who are listening are over 50, but I'm specifically speaking to people who are 50 or younger. If you are 50 or younger in this country right now, according to uh, a study that came out of one of the top uh, doctors and uh, epidemiologists and, and virologists at Stanford, uh, Dr. Ian Natus, I think is his name. I might pronounce his name there wrong, but I've tweeted this out before. You are more likely to die driving to and from work than you are from the coronavirus. And I think, again, over two-thirds of the United States population, you are in your car right now driving to work. You are under greater risk driving to your place of employment than you are from the coronavirus. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be smart and listen and take smart precautions, but it is uh, a function, like you should put your seatbelt on when you're driving in your car. You should make smart decisions about trying to limit your risk to the virus for you and others, but you shouldn't stop living your life. And there are a lot of people out there that have bought into this fear porn that the media has done such a poor job of explaining to such an extent that they aren't willing to live their lives. If you're curled up in the fetal position right now underneath the covers and your alarm's gone off and you won't get out of bed, first of all, you probably listen to ESPN instead of listening to me. But let's presume that that is you. You got to sack up, buddy. You got to look at the actual data we don't know when a vaccine is ever going to arrive. We also don't know how effective that vaccine is ever going to be. If you're under 50 years old, you drive to work every single day and take that risk. Life requires risk. The coronavirus is a low-level risk. Now, if you're look, the data out of Florida, and I've shared this as well, the average person dying of the coronavirus is older than the average person dying in the country. Okay, that's true for the nation as well. Let me repeat that. The average age of death should say with the coronavirus as opposed to from the coronavirus because if you have the coronavirus in stage four lung cancer, you're counted as a coronavirus death. 
the average person out there is dying at an older age than from the coronavirus. I wish we could stop death from happening. We can't. The people that are out there dying of the coronavirus are the oldest people who have already lived longer, by and large, than the average person in the United States. These are facts that matter in a big way in terms of kids coming back to school and in terms of college football being back. And frankly, in terms of high school football and all sports being back. Who's up next? Our last one here, we got Jose in Fremont. Jose, what you got? What's up, Clay, man? I love what you do, bro. Respect, big time. You always preach. You know, you keep it real, man, and I respect that, and I love your show. Keep it up. Hey, um, I'm with you, man. I grew up in a household where I actually looked forward to going to school because of school lunch, and it's just things like that that, that I think about. There's kids out there, like you say, that are being abused, that are better off being at school than at home, and that's a scary thought, man. I, I You know, it's just it's mind-boggling that people aren't comprehending this and the spirit porn that everybody's preaching is just nuts. And um, I'm going to tell you what, man, I'm a diehard Raider fan. You know that I've called numerous times and the Raiders are pretty good about not getting into politics as you know, but if they try to do any of that stuff and try to ram it down my throat, I'm telling you what, man, I'm a diehard. I will shut off. I will shut it off, man. And I'm telling you, people always tell me, Oh, they don't need you. Goodbye. You know what? That's fine. But when it starts to add up, they're going to definitely see the, you know, the, the, the viewers dropping off because I'm not, that's what, like you said, man, I tune in to get away and it's therapy for me. And that's just my two cents. And I don't know, Clay, if you check your messages, I, tw- I sent you a uh, message through Twitter, a video of this uh, XKGB guy explaining submersive diversion. I can't believe, it. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but he basically lays down a blueprint of how Russia is going to attack the United States from within with its own society turning on each other. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I get so many DMs, I I may or may not have seen it. But look, I I think there's no doubt that external interests, whether it's China or Russia, are trying to use our social media apps to create. They know they can't beat us. They know they can't win a fair fight. So they want us fighting internally so that we're not noticing what's going on externally. I mean, China is kicking our ass right now. And leagues like the NBA are spreading Chinese propaganda instead of realizing that we're in a new Cold War and we're losing. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
salespeople at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Let's go ahead and uh, get a VIP line. Who's up uh, on the VIP? Logan in Iowa. Logan, what you got for me? Hey, what's up, Clay? Big fan. Um, I think you're the only voice of reason left. So I just want to get your thoughts on kind of how to deal and talk to the Corona Bros who want to cancel everything, cancel college football. Um, I swam in college, and so I understand that, you know, if there's no college football, there's going to be a lot of athletic departments who financially are going to be hurting. So, I mean, besides all the data you put out, what more can we do to – you know, talk about the importance of college football beyond just, 
you know, the focus of getting away to watch a sporting game. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. My wife is a uh, is a school psychologist, and she said you need to acknowledge people's fear more on in all life. She's like, you are super hyper rational and hyper logical, and there is a huge part of the United States population that responds to you. That's why your audience is surging because those people are looking for somebody who's hyper rational. Those people are going to agree with you. So you have to acknowledge fear and then explain why the fear isn't valid. I understand that you feel fear. That is a real emotion. So this is my suggestion to you, and it's something I'm trying to work on too. I understand that you feel that fear. I understand that that is real to you. Your fear is real. You're not making it up. The question is, is your fear valid based on the data? Your emotion is real. I'm not questioning your emotion. What I'm questioning is whether your emotional response is rational when you look at the data. So if somebody is a Corona bro, I think the way that you persuade them is not by immediately going to facts. If you can say, hey, I understand initially I was afraid. And then I started doing all the research and realized that there are many things I'm doing every day, like getting in a car and driving to work if you're under the age of 50, that are more dangerous and more deadly on average than the coronavirus. That's the way I think to approach it. I think that that's the way you have to approach a corona, bro. If you're hyper-rational, and many of you who are listening to me right now across the country are hyper-rational, that's why you've chosen this show over all the other fear porn options that are out there, then you're probably already going to respond to the actual facts as opposed to the fear. Let me get another caller in really quick here. Dub, who's up? Yeah, we got Kevin in LA. Kevin, what you got for me? Hey, what's up, Clay? It's been a couple of weeks since I talked to you, so I just kind of wanted to uh, mention this real quick before I get into the Corona Bros stuff. Uh, the Bubba Wallace thing, what was good that came out of that was him and Richard Petty. Richard Petty put his arm on his shoulder. I remember Richard Petty saying, you know, he'd fire anybody who took a knee for the national anthem. So it's good to see them coming together and good to see the unity. Now with the coronavirus, I want you to point this out to Petros. And if there's any poster athlete for what happens to somebody who gets the coronavirus, it should be Kelly Jensen. He's got well-documented underlining conditions. He hasn't played in certain games like Colorado because of his conditions. And he recently contracted the coronavirus, and he was recovered fully, and he's reporting to the Dodgers uh, camp. So, look, I support David Price. That's his decision. I'm not speaking for him. But if you look at an athlete, look at Kenley Jensen, what he's gone through to be able to play. And, look, he's recovered. So the fear porn, the fear porn is there because those networks, they have certain things they got to talk about to get the clicks, either race or coronavirus. So the race stuff is kind of going away a little bit with all the unrest. That's yeah. not happening as much in the streets. So now the coronavirus is a thing that they got to talk about to get the clicks. So- That's right. You're, you're 100% right. The fear. We got news on Derrick Henry. I'm going to hit you with what that news is in the NFL next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Wednesday is the deadline for when deals have to be worked out in the NFL if you have been franchise tagged. And uh, Dak Prescott is the biggest story there. 
in terms of the Cowboys have to make a decision and Dak Prescott has to make a decision about whether they're going to reach a long-term deal or not. Adam Schefter just recently in the last little bit reporting the Titans and Derrick Henry are not expected to reach a long-term deal by Wednesday, which is, again, the deadline for franchise players to sign anything other than their franchise tender uh, contracts. Uh, Derrick Henry scheduled to make $10.27 million this season, and theoretically he would become a free agent in the offseason. Uh, and Schefter says any franchise deals by Wednesday, obviously that's by tomorrow, will be an exception, not the rule. Now, I always get a little bit uh, a little bit apprehensive when I see that the deadline is Wednesday, and this feels like public negotiation and posturing on behalf of both sides. Oh, we're not going to sign a deal. Oh, the deal's not going to get done. And sometimes that's designed to drive either side back to the bargaining table. But Derrick Henry and Dak Prescott, to me, are both pretty fascinating storylines because if you look, for instance, at the Patrick Mahomes deal, there has been a lot of money spent on franchise quarterbacks, and Dak Prescott wants that massive, unbelievable, holy cow, guaranteed financial dollar. And uh, Derrick Henry wants the same thing. So uh, are the Cowboys going to invest in a huge way in Dak Prescott? Are they going to come to a number? And what's going to happen with Derrick Henry in sort of the ongoing devaluation, I would say, of the running back position overall? I know that Christian McCaffrey got big money. I know that Ezekiel Elliott got big money. But even look at the Le'Veon Bell example. Guy sits out for a year, turns down his franchise tender, goes to the Jets, takes less money, isn't in any way making a huge substantial difference for the Jets, at least so far. And meanwhile, James Conner comes in, and when he can stay healthy, is every bit as good of a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers as Le'Veon Bell was, it at least appears to me, again, when James Conner can stay healthy. So what's going to happen with Derrick Henry? Are the Titans going to franchise tag him again if they don't work out a long-term deal? Is Derrick Henry going to hit the open market after a year and go out and make big money? Would he hold out? Could this get particularly contentious if the Titans talk about franchising him for two straight years? And how does this play in the locker room? Because the Titans have given Ryan Tannehill really big money. And now that they've given Ryan Tannehill that big dollar contract, is it possible that some people look around and say, wait, Ryan Tannehill got rewarded for playing 12 or 13 pretty good football games. Derrick Henry's been the engine of this offense for years now, and he's not getting rewarded. Maybe. I mean, again, the quarterback position is just so much more valuable than the running back position. You can go out and find a guy in the second or third round, certainly sometimes much lower, who comes in and gives you an unbelievable lift at the running back position. And frankly, for the first two and a half years of Derrick Henry's career, he looked like he might be a bust. In the last one and a half years, he looks like the greatest running back in the history of the league. So what Derrick Henry are we going to get with a full year of Ryan Tannehill at quarterback? And will Derrick Henry be motivated in the same way to go all out knowing he only has a one-year guaranteed contract 
I think that's a uh, pretty fascinating story to follow as we go forward, but that is some breaking NFL news for you. We didn't talk about this a lot yesterday. Frankly, I don't find it to be that interesting of a topic. I know it's a big story, but I don't find it to be that interesting of a topic. The Redskins name change. Does does anybody on the show, I'm just kind of curious about this. I'll go around the horn. Does anybody on the show feel strongly about the Redskins name, either pro or con? Danny G, any like, oh my God, they've got to stay the Redskins or oh my God, they've got to change the name. Do you feel strongly at all one way or the other? Not at all. Not at all. What about you, Dub? Could care less. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? No, but I will say this. uh, The high school I went to, the name of the school itself was named after a local Indian tribe. Yep. If they changed the name of that, which I don't know if that's being talked about, but it's California, so probably, (laughs) I would be very upset about that. Uh, What's the name of the high school? Menachee High School in Central California. Is the Menachee Indian tribe, is that what that is? Yes, yes. So you, I mean, and what what was your uh, mascot? The Marauders. The Marauders, all right. So uh, is that considered to be offensive right now? I mean, is there a discussion in your in your well, town? Well, the state of California uh, said at, at one point, yeah, the state of California said <laughs> at one point. Here. The state of California is insane yeah. and then unpack, yes. Uh, at one point, they said all high schools with Native American names will have to change their nickname. Um, I know that there is a nearby town where I grew up that was the Redskins and they've changed to yeah. the tribe. So I, I there, it, it is going on, but. There's some holdouts, I think, too. Roberto, do you care about the Redskins? No. All right, so, and I'm in the same boat as you. I don't care at all about the nickname. Here is uh, the mascot, and I think there are a lot of interesting names. If I were in charge of this right now, I think the Red Tails is a really interesting idea. You guys know that I am a history buff, and so this was a World War II black uh, fighter pilot group. Um, I think the idea of you could maybe even keep the same R logo and go with uh, with red tails. That to me is 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 a pretty interesting move, especially if you came up with a really awesome logo of like a World War II era. I know we have the Jets, so uh, so there's already a plane. So maybe that would be controversial in the NFL trademark uh, universe. I'm not sure, but in some way, uh, incorporating that would I think be pretty cool. Um, but here's where I am concerned in general about things like this is it doesn't end, right? If you told me right now, hey, Clay Travis, you and the perpetually offended woke community, you guys can sit down at a negotiating table. They can tell you all of the mascots that they are offended by and you can reach a compromise and we will never have to talk about changing mascots again for the rest of American history unless somebody just wants to change one because they like a new name or a new logo better, not because it's quote-unquote offensive, all right? So if we could reach an agreement, I would give you the Redskins and the Indians. If I give you those two, will you never complain about a mascot for the rest of all time? Can we make that trade? If we could, I would sign the papers, and I bet most sports fans would agree with me, and even if you're a Cleveland Indians or a Washington Redskins fan, like you would get over it, and we would be done with ever having to talk about mascots again for the rest of mankind. But that's not the way these people work. The people who are perpetually outraged in this country, the social justice warrior community, 
that is finding things to be offended by, they don't ever stop. They keep on coming after something else. So if you give them the Redskins and if you give them the Cleveland Indians, they're going to come to you and they're going to say, well, what about the Atlanta Braves? Or what about the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, what about the Florida State Seminoles? Well, what about just the Notre Dame fighting Irish? Well, all of these things are continuing and they will never end. And you, you wonder why that is. Well, it's because that is what they owe their entire relevance to. If they were not upset, nobody would pay attention to these Redskins people who are offended by it. We have so created this universe where if somebody's offended by something, instead of standing up to it and saying, you know what, you're a loser, get over it, we placate the offended person, which sets the precedent that the next thing is going to get changed. It's like these whole statue argument, right? People made fun of Donald Trump because he said, well, if you start with Robert E. Lee, eventually it's going to move to George Washington and to Thomas Jefferson. They own slaves too. You're going to change the name of Washington, D.C. You're going to change the name of states. And people are like, ha Donald Trump's an idiot. He has no idea what's happening. And he's 100% right. New York Times editorial last week, I opened the newspaper. I was like, oh my God, why do I pay for these ignoramuses to deliver the newspaper to my house still every day? There's a guy on the editorial page saying, we have to tear down the Jefferson Memorial. You guys, I went to college in Washington, D.C. I imagine a lot of you who are listening to me right right now at some point in your life have been to Washington, D.C. and gone around and seen the monuments uh, and, uh, and the different memorials that exist in Washington, D.C. It's majestic, right? Whether it's the World War II Memorial, Vietnam, MLK, uh, Lincoln, Washington, all of the different incredibly powerful moment, uh, monuments that exist in the Washington, D.C. Can you imagine if we went and tore down the Jefferson Memorial? I mean, it's utterly insane. Uh, it just it, it boggles my mind. That's where this goes, though. In order to be relevant, these people who are offended have to find something else to be offended by, even if the vast majority of people are not offended. And so if you told me, hey, Clay, you are in charge of negotiating with the woke losers, with uh, all these people who are perpetually outraged by sports, if you give them the Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, we are done forever with having to pay attention to these people. I would sign the papers. I'd be happy to do it. I would move on. I don't have a particular affinity for either the Redskins or the Cleveland Indians. I'm also not opposed to it, right? They're mascots. It doesn't particularly strike me one way or the other. The problem is when you acquiesce to them and when you make the change, then you are allowing the next target. It's like next man up. Somebody gets injured, gets put on the disabled list. Redskins and Indians are gone. Next man up is the Braves. Oh, you can't do the tomahawk chop. Next man up is the Seminoles. Oh my God, how dare you run out with Chief Osceola and throw down a flaming spear. Oh my God, this is totally unacceptable. Right? The Kansas City Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champs. You can't do the chant there. Can't do the home of the Chiefs. 
all of that is unacceptable too. It doesn't end. In order to remain relevant, they move on to the next target. And so that's my that's my biggest concern to the extent I have one about the Washington Redskins name. I went to school in Washington. I've been to RFK Stadium. I think it's FedEx Field now, whatever it's called. I'm not particularly committed to that mascot. I don't feel strongly one way or the other. I think that like many of you, that's probably my response in general. The Redskins name is symbolic of the precedent that we set when we allow something else to actually happen. And you're telling me, Dub, somebody is now saying, oh, the Texas Rangers name must go. Yeah, this is from Karen Atia. I'm not sure how to pronounce. Her I don't last even name. know that we should give credit to the people who write these. these just frankly, these uh, the these statements because the reason why they're doing this is not because they really feel strongly about it. It's for the attention. So a Corona Bro. I feel like we should just apply the term Corona Bro for anyone out there who is a loser that is perpetually offended and not looking at facts. But okay, so the 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 a Corona Bro. Uh, is upset with the Texas Rangers name now? Yeah, it's a Corona Bro and literally a Karen. Um, she's <laughs> upset with the Texas Rangers team name because apparently uh, atrocities against Indians, Mexicans, and black people uh, that the historic Texas Rangers were responsible for during Texas's early history. And Texas Rangers the, still exist, though, right? That's correct. The okay. Texas Rangers are still, yes, uh, around. Texas Rangers are still a thing, right? I mean, they're basically a police force. Here's my thing with people who go back and look at history. Why do you judge someone based on their history as opposed to their current status? Right? So, like, the Texas Rangers still exist as a law force, right? They are undoubtedly like anyone uh, who is affiliated with any country in the history of the world. They have bad things in their past, but they now are much better, right? As a country, we have evolved and become better. So why do we define the country based on things that happened bad in the past as opposed to looking at the present now? I mean, a lot of the things that people are upset about in America, it's like they've never actually studied world history. They're like, well, America used to have slavery. Yeah, so did every country in the history of the world since humanity began. Slavery is a fact of life. The Romans were the most enlightened empire in their time. When they defeated you, they made you their slaves of all different colors. When tribes used to fight in ancient times, when you lost, your women and children became the property of the tribe that won if they left them alive and the men that they didn't kill became slaves. Same with the women. That's the history of the world. The United States of America had slavery for less time as a country than the vast majority of countries that have existed in the world. The United States as a country had slavery from 1783 to 1863. That's 80 years. The United States allowed slavery to exist in this country for 80 years, 1783 to 1863, okay? Any other issue that you have with American history of slavery is actually with the British Empire because we were colonies 
before we became an independent nation that was able to make our own decisions, okay? So if you are like the 1619 Project at the New York Times, your issue is not with America, it's with England because England allowed slavery in the uh, Americas as colonies from 1619 all the way up to 1776 when our war for independence began. You should want reparations from England for allowing slavery in the colonies because they controlled the United States of America before we were the United States of America. I know that's a little bit of a history lesson there, but most is not shouldn't be a surprise for you. Most of the Corona Bros do a poor job of understanding history. They constantly drag you back into something that happened in the 1800s. Dude, I was born in 1980, basically. I was born in 1979. I don't, I don't know why I'm responsible for anything that happened long before I was born. I don't know that I'm responsible for anything, frankly, that happened until like the year 2000 when I basically became an adult. Like, you shouldn't be responsible for things that occur before you're born or before you reach the age of majority. That's what we do in America. So this whole idea like, oh, Clay Travis, you're a white guy. It's 2020. You're responsible for what happened in 1820. Why? Why, why am I remotely responsible for that? Why would any white person, many of whom had absolutely no ancestors, even in the United States in 1820 or 1840, why would they be responsible for what happened there? Like, you're not going to hold me responsible for what happened in Germany in 1642. My family, by the way, if you do the lineage, mostly from England. All right. Am I responsible for what happened in 1540 in England? I, I don't even know what happened in 1540 in England. We got to get back to you are responsible for yourself and the decisions you make. And by the way, if we did that, which is the very essence of sports, by the way, every person is responsible for what they do on a field or court. You are responsible for you during the course of the game for no one else. If we did that, the country would be in a lot better place. When we come back, we're going to be joined by John Morosi. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are joined now by John Morosi at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. John, we continue to inch closer. I know we've been talking about the return of baseball for a very, very long time, but the positive is, I think I'm doing the math on this correctly, nine days from now, next Thursday, baseball will officially be back. Am I correct in that? Are there any obstacles so far as you can see between now and next Thursday, baseball returning? Good morning, Clay. Yes, uh, just nine days away uh, and playing some Enter Sandman as we begin the yes. conversation. I'm thinking about Mariano Rivera jogging to the mound, which is a, a beautiful image to think about. Um, for me, I, I really believe you look around the major leagues, 
We continue to see uh, positive tests happening, certainly for COVID-19 in, in different camps, uh, for different players. Uh, at this point, Clay, it does not seem to me that the number of positive tests will rise to a point where the start of the regular season is postponed. I, I, I don't anticipate that happening. There certainly is there's question about um, will we able to will, will we see the season completed, uh, obviously all the way to the end of October. That's a separate conversation, and we frankly don't know that yet. But I, I really believe that as you look at the next week and a half, uh, that overall uh, the, the positive uh, test rate in the Major League Baseball framework um, has actually been relatively low and, and that has been a very encouraging development these, these last couple of weeks yeah I would say it's almost to the point where when you don't hear anything it's a good sign it's like the opposite of when your young kids are away from you for a little while and you're like they're awfully quiet what are they up to uh when Major League Baseball, you're not seeing headlines. There were some early headlines about the test taking too long to get results for and all those things. But since that time, it really seems to have calmed down uh, such that I, I don't even know that most people have recognized that we're that close. Again, next week, Major League Baseball officially back and rolling with tons of different games starting. Right, and I think, Clay, it, to me, it, it validates the way that the plan was set up uh, for baseball in, in, different, in different sites, uh, all 30, of course. Now, the, the Toronto Blue Jays have a, a unique situation that they're still working through about uh, if they'll be able to continue to play their regular season games in Toronto, and if they are, are, are players able at all to leave the hotel complex attached to the ballpark? That is a a very different situation, and, and uh, currently the, the laws in Canada are, are quite strict about what the players could do away from the ballpark. So that, 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 is a, that is one thing that must still be worked through. But in general, Clay, to me, baseball's plan of, of playing in all 30 cities, and I realize they still have to travel among those cities, and, and in no way does uh, the current circumstances uh, represent maybe the, the way it's going to be going forward, but I, I really believe you would probably prefer the situation that you have right now uh, to a centralized location in, in either Florida or Arizona, as had been discussed at the outset, uh, because, uh, frankly, the, the, the rate of positive tests in both those states is, is considerably higher than most other places in, in the well, U.S. right now. It would actually be the perfect example of everything that could go wrong going wrong, because they had initially talked about Arizona or Florida, and then also Texas. So they would have picked the three places that had all the – maybe you could add in California, uh, to be fair, but the three places that had the most substantial uptick. Now, hopefully the data is reflecting in the state of Florida that they've peaked uh, on this new surge and that things are going to start to work their way back down. At least that's what the doctor, uh, the audio that we played from CNN uh, earlier today in the program, that's what he was saying, that he thinks they peaked in terms of hospital admissions about a week ago. Uh, but we'll see whether or not that proves to be uh, the, the case. But let's go back to uh, players announcing they aren't going to play. I know it continues every now and then a new name to come out. But in general, do you think we're pretty much over uh, the number of guys that are going to announce they aren't going to play? Because at this point, they're all training. It seems a little bit wacky to be spending all this time training with your teammates and then suddenly at the last minute pull out and say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to play. Yeah, I'd be surprised, Clay, if, if we had a number of superstars who backed out uh, of, of playing in the next 
month or in the, in, at least in the next week, I would say. Once the season starts, I think that could be a separate conversation uh, depending on how teams play. If you're a veteran player who's made a lot of money in the game and your team starts poorly – to the point that that catching up and making the playoffs uh, is a really remote uh, situation. And if a month from now, uh, if you think about it, you've got a couple of kids at home and, and maybe they're, they're going to try to start school again, um, it, there's a lot, so many different variables that, that I think have to be kept in mind for, for all, all these players. Like if your families. team starts 10 and 20 in the right. past in, in Major League Baseball when you're playing 160 games, you're like, okay, the first month of the season didn't go well, but we've got another 130 games to play. If your team starts 10 and 20, you're halfway through the season and you're already eight or nine games out of first place. Right. You're saying a veteran might just be like, ah, screw it. This season's not worth finishing. Well, and it's it's a fundamentally different construct. I think, Clay, we if you think back to last year and, and, and six months ago, the, the notion of a, of a professional athlete uh, just – walking away from a season in the middle of it uh, would have been so confusing. We just would have never seen that uh, for really almost any reason uh, aside from uh, a serious uh, personal family circumstance. But now, candidly, COVID-19 has put that sort of serious circumstance in front of everybody to think about it. And so it's, just, it's a fundamentally different calculus. And I really think, Clay, that, that players, and I think it's been the case so far, those who have decided not to play, there's been universal support for them. Yesterday, Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals, a type 1 diabetic, decided not to play. There's, and, and that he should be supported and has been supported for that. So I, I think that there really is a, a lot of, uh, I think, positive support going on for players who are deciding not to play. Buster Posey, probably the biggest name player so far not to play. And, and they are not facing criticism, nor should they. And I, I really believe, Clay, the same thing would be the case when when, when, if in a month or six weeks, players make that determination, if you want to be there to help facilitate your kids uh, getting back to school in a very uh, difficult environment, I, I think that that should be encouraged, and I believe it will be. Uh, we're talking to John Morosi. You, we mentioned the fact that it's going to be a totally different environment because, let's say in past years, even looking last year at the Washington Nationals, they started the season awfully they would have no chance to make the playoffs in a 60-game season. They were able to get white hot, end up winning the World Series. Will these games be managed differently because every single one of them almost counts for three games? So, you know, like, and I'll give you an example. I think we talked about this last week. But if usually, let's say you play a three-game series and you lose, get swept. It's like, okay, it stinks to win, to lose three games in a row. Uh, but it's not that big in the grand scheme of things. You're going to have a few series where you sweep the opposing team and whatnot as well. But if you lose three games in a row now, that's like losing nine in a row. And if you lose four in a row, it's like losing 12 in a row. I mean, the overall significance of individual baseball games is just ratcheted up to such a huge degree now. You're exactly right. And and Bob Melvin was interesting. He had an interview yesterday uh, in which he was asked about how he's going to play one position of his team at second base. And his answer was, I'm going to play the hot hand. <laughs> and that's probably going to be the answer that you'll get from a lot of managers about a lot of things. You have to go with the hot hand. I think we're going to see that a lot, Clay, with the bullpen. There's always been a certain respect, especially by veteran managers, 
for veteran relievers and, and letting them work into their role, especially a closer. Uh, you always see in April, it seems like, a couple closers who are not quite in game form yet, and, and they blow a save or two in April. Maybe it's cold. They're not quite comfortable yet. And the manager almost always stands by that reliever. I don't think we can't see that right now because uh, the managers are under such pressure now to win that if your closer doesn't have it, uh, he'll be demoted after the first week probably because you don't have the luxury of time. So I think I would say, Clay, to watch closely how managers look at their bullpen. And then I think, more broadly speaking, the other point to make about the pen is that you probably, especially when you're early on in the season, when you've got that 30-man roster limit, the one thing that, that is sort of a countervailing force to that is you need to know once you actually get into games that matter because you're not going to play more than two or three exhibition games at the most, you need to know who actually has the hot hand. So you probably want to see different relievers come into games and get action. You may try to just get more relievers involved in, in games just to see who's throwing the ball well and then go with them. But you really aren't going to find that out until the regular season starts. So it's really a bit of push and pull in, in that respect. Do we know or is there a consensus opinion right now whether offense or defense will be ahead? In other words, you know, you hear that a lot in other sports, but this is a situation where we haven't had, as you just mentioned, as many different prep uh, situations as would ordinarily occur. Are hitters supposed to be ahead of pitchers? Are pitchers supposed to be ahead of, of, of – and even the weather, right, can factor in usually when you start baseball in April. It's cold a lot of places. Uh, you know, the, the, the ball comes off the bat differently. We're starting right in the white-hot part of the summer. How is this going to impact things at the actual inception? Do you have a sense for who's favored? Yeah, great question, I think, on that, Clay, because to me, the I, I've been told, I remember what one player told me, told me in particular, that just the, the game speed of, no matter how things look right now in inter-squad games, but the game speed of a major league curveball, a major league slider, a really high-quality major league fastball with great movement, that it's going to be tough for hitters to pick that up in the early days of the season. They'll probably get caught up eventually, but when you think about it, you're pro- if you're at home, it's a little bit easier for you to keep your arm in shape and, and keep your arm loose and going during this layoff than, than replicating a major league pitching repertoire at full speed. And so I, I really believe the pitching will be a little bit ahead of the hitting when the regular season begins. The question is, well, how, how long will that be the case? I would say probably a week or two. Uh, still, I think we've still seen some pretty impressive home runs hit in inter-squad games. Mookie Betts had one. C.J. Crone, I know for the Tigers, hit one uh, a mile at Comerica Park. So we're seeing some pretty deep home runs hit and, and some impressive offense in the inter-squad games. But I, I think in general, uh, the, the pitching will be ahead. And then in terms of the, the, the weather, certainly it's a concern uh, different parts of the country. Uh, the, the fortunate thing is that we've seen, and even now in, in Texas, the Rangers, of course, moving indoors uh, to, to their new ballpark. That helps. That removes one more ballpark that uh, would often be susceptible to severe weather. Uh, are the Reds, sorry, the, uh, the Yankees in the American League and the Dodgers in the National League the two favorites still in your mind as they would have been if we had played 162? 
Yes, uh, maybe by a little bit of a slighter margin for the Yankees, uh, just because they have some injury concerns now. Aroldis Chapman has tested positive with COVID-19. Masahiro Tanaka, one of their key starting pitchers, um, he, he took that comebacker off, off his head, and he really is not fully back yet. Um, so that's a concern. Aaron Judge is at an issue now with his neck the last couple days. That's a worry for someone who's had some injuries to deal with. So I, I think for that reason, I'm a little bit less uh, sanguine about the Yankees right now and their and their success possibly coming up. But the Dodgers, uh, even without David Price, Clay, to me they're the they're the best team in the National League. Mookie Betts has looked fantastic in the inter squad games here so far, and and they have I believe the pitching depth to handle David Price's absence. Uh, Bruiser Gratterall, who they got in the offseason trade, uh, he is there. Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, they've got so much pitching depth uh, and, and a really good bullpen as well with Blake Trinan adding in there now this year. Clay, to me, the Dodgers remain the best team in the National League, whether it's 60 games, 162, and I think they're the best roster in baseball as well. Last question for you. I live here in Nashville where there's been some talk about expansion of baseball. I know with all the other things that are going on, but we've got uh, a former GM who moved here. Uh, There's a lot of optimism. Are you hearing anything about the idea of baseball expanding? Well, I think that, first of all, in the long term, Yes, it's something that baseball wants to do. Rob Anford is on record as saying he believes 32 teams is much easier to schedule than 30 teams. Uh, it gives more balance to the to the league and the playoff format. Uh, I, I also think that as you look to the future, this is uh, the, the expansion fee of a team brings money into every every sport, every owner's pocket candidly. And so when you consider ways to, to grow the game uh, and, and bring in some lost revenue, adding two teams to make it a more symmetrical league is, is a very appealing thing. Will, will it happen this year or next year? No, I think we have to wait longer into this decade. But I, I have believed for a long time, Clay, that by the middle to later part of the decade that we will have a 32-team major league. And so I'm saying more like 2026, 2027. But I, I would say that if that happens, Nashville has an excellent opportunity. You, of course, know that there's the area near where the, the, uh, where the Titans play where there's probably going to be a, maybe one last spot, spot to develop there right, right along the river. I think that could be a really nice place to play. So I think overall I'm, I'm excited about Nashville being a major league market. I think the game would do very, very well there. Outstanding stuff as always, John Morosi. We will uh, talk to you next week when baseball will actually be. Ever closer uh, by next week. You know what? We'll have you on next Thursday if we can for actual opening day of Major League Baseball. Good stuff as always. Thanks, my man. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Did you guys see this story? I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, So the NBA has implemented a quarantine in Orlando for all players there. And I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Is it Reshawn? The King Center, Reshawn Holmes? Anybody know? I've never heard of the guy in my life. Rickawan? Does anybody know how to pronounce it? Rayquan? Is it Rayquan? How do you pronounce Rich A-U-N? Is that Reshawn? Does anybody know? Somebody look it up. Anyway, uh, I've never heard – you do updates for a living. I'm glad I'm not the only person. Eddie, you said you'd never heard of this guy in your life? No. Yeah, I hadn't either. I, I looked it up. He played at Bowling Green, I believe. I mean – I guess he was averaging 13 points per game for this. I mean, look, I'm not I, – I, I guarantee – the last Sacramento Kings game I watched might have been with Vladi Divac and, <laughs> uh, and Mike Bibby and Chris Webber. 
uh, if I remember correctly, back when uh, the Lakers stole game six from them. Uh, so uh, I, I legitimately might be the last time I've watched a full Sacramento Kings game. What was that, 20 years ago? I don't think they've been relevant since then. So I'm not an expert in this guy. Has anybody figured out how to pronounce his name yet? We're doing research right now. Yeah. It, Rashawn is also does, a possibility. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, it would be interesting <laughs> if Rashawn is pronounced Rashawn, given that it starts rich. R-I-C-H-A-U-N. All right, so this guy. Which Rashawn? Rashawn. Oh, there you go. See, I was right. There you go. Rashawn. All right. Rashawn Holmes uh, has uh, is now in quarantine protocol because he left the Disney campus bubble. What did he do? Why did he do it? He left because he was going to get food delivered. This is an unbelievable story. He crossed the, the bubble line to pick up delivery food, must now quarantine for 10 days he has issued an apology uh i briefly and accidentally crossed the nba campus line to pick up a food delivery i'm currently in quarantine and have eight days left (laughs) i apologize to my actions and look forward to rejoining my teammates for our playoff push all right does the food that he was going to get make a difference in terms of having to go into quarantine for 10 days. 100%. It had to be some Chick-fil-A. You think Chick-fil-A yeah. was the food? Yeah. I, that's my first thought. I yeah. was like, I hope it was really good food. What about you, Dub? What would be worth going to quarantine for 10 days for? I mean, for me, it would be Whataburger. But uh, that would be totally worth it. I'd get out of practice. I could eat Whataburger. It'd be, it'd be perfect. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie? What is the food? Did you think also, I wonder what food he was going to get? Yeah, have you have you seen all the complaining they're doing on Twitter and about the food? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all bitching about the sandwiches they're getting and everything else. Are you telling me that NBA players might be divas? <laughs> that's what I'm kind of getting out of that statement. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, but I love first of all that there's not like did somebody turn him in? How did they find him going to go get food? Maybe it was an Instagram booty model. Who knows? Oh well, did, that, did you already did his, see that? There's did some his thirst traps. Already they have a snitch on. line. If if this thing collapses, this bubble, it's going to be because of the side chick groupie factor. There's no doubt girls are getting smuggled in. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So we're just talking with John Morosi. There in the last hour, we're going to be joined in the next segment by Petros Papadakis, AM 570 LA Sports. Appreciate you waking up with us. If you're wondering what the big stories are, we were just having some fun with an NBA player going outside of the bubble. But if you combine that with the conversation we just had with John Morosi, there's been a pretty significant move that I think many people have missed, and that is the tidal wave that is coming of sports returning in this country. Uh, And I talked about this some in the first hour of the program, but I just want you to follow me along here. Next week, Major League Baseball comes back. I feel like that is sneaking up on many people. The first Major League Baseball game is scheduled for Thursday. Uh, On the, I believe it's the 30th, am I right about that? On July 30th, we have the return of the NBA, which is just uh, almost a little over two weeks away, right? Like, so not next week, but the week after, the NBA will be back. And the same thing will be true, I'm looking at my calendar right now, of the NHL. And so if you look at the calendar in front of you right now, 
Uh, and by in front of you right now, I mean the one that I'm holding in my hand, looking at on my iPhone. Uh, so we have got baseball coming back next week. The week after, we will have the NBA and hockey. And I'm saying and hockey, even though hockey is technically starting on, I believe, yeah, August 1st, right? So, uh, so that is where we are headed on a Saturday. So, again, next week, Major League Baseball, the week after the NBA and the NHL. We already have MLS going. We already have the PGA, NASCAR, boxing, UFC. All of that is underway. So, by August the 1st, we will also probably have the earliest returns of rookies moving into the NFL training camp. By August the 1st, every sport in America will be underway in some way except for potentially the uh, uh, for college football. And I think this is important. And then Dub G just hit me with the PGA Championship will be going on August 6th to the 9th. So we'll have a, a golf major coming back soon as well. All of the negativity right now that exists in the sports universe is all being brought to bear on college football. And I don't know that most people are recognizing this, but every sport is coming back and I don't hear anybody pulling out their hair and saying, oh my God, how in the world is that sport coming back? It's just college football. And so I want to bring in the crew, and I'm going to open up the phone lines quickly here, 877-996-6369, and we're talking to Greg Sankey tomorrow. He's the commissioner of the SEC. He's going to join us. He's scheduled to join us at 8.20 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. So around this time tomorrow, we'll talk with Greg Sankey, who is the commissioner of the SEC. But do you guys get that feeling at all? And how much of this is just being driven by the media that covers college football being so much more negative than the media that covers every other sport? Because again, let me repeat for everybody out there, next week, Major League Baseball is coming back. Then you have the week after that, the NHL and also the NBA coming back. And then you'll have MLS that's already underway, PGA, NASCAR, UFC, boxing. Literally every sport in America but college football will be back. And by the way, in Tennessee where I live, somebody looked this up, there's supposed to be like 30,000 fans watching a NASCAR race in Bristol this weekend. And it's like, people are like, oh, there's no way we could play college football. Some of the college football Corona bro media. And I'm sitting back, I'm saying, wait a minute. There are 30,000 people showing up for a NASCAR race this weekend in Tennessee. And you're telling me they can't play college football with no fans present even? Am I right about that? With the the 30,000 this weekend, right? Yeah, a million dollars up for grabs in that all-star race. So I've been to Bristol. Props to Bristol for having a race. But 30,000 fans, that's more than attend an NBA game. Granted, it's outside. That's probably about the average number of people that attend a Major League Baseball game. That's more than would attend a Vanderbilt University football game on average in the state of Tennessee. 
Vanderbilt University, and I'm a double alum, so I can say this, social distancing in the fan base since before social distancing was cool. But I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here that no other sport is being talked about being stopped. And then college football is like, well, we don't know if we're going to be able to play or not. I mean, this seems insane to me. Well, you're really going to lose your mind because on the 25th, the WNBA season begins. So I can't imagine you. You will lose your blank if a WNBA game is happening on TV and college football is delayed. It's a great point. I know that there's a huge number of you out there that listen to me that are massive WNBA fans. You're like, I got to I gotta make sure I download the podcast to see what Clay Travis said yesterday. We need WNBA trivia, by the way, now that I think about it. We had MLS trivia last week, which, by the way, I got five out of six on. Uh, and I think I blew your mind by going five out of six on the MLS, which frankly makes me the greatest expert on the MLS, certainly that has a national radio show in the country. I'm not sure that I can even name a WNBA franchise. I think I, I take that back. You the, have I, to. I, One was in the news last week. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It's not like I'm reading WNBA news. <laughs> no, I think, it's I think on that, the regular tickers. Aren't they subtle variations oftentimes of the WNBA team? I mean, of the NBA team? I think we have the Rockets in Houston because of the NASA connection. And I think the WNBA team is the Cosmos. Is that right? Comets. <laughs> I legit thought it Close. was the Cosmos. New York Cosmos was that. Uh, that was Pele's team. team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know anything about the WNBA. But just think about this. Literally, the WNBA business is a shambles. There are like four WNBA fans in the entire country. All right. They are playing. And college football, which is the second most popular sport in America, is not going to play? I mean, this is, I, I just, the data is also straightforward. So every other sport is playing and college football is the one that people are like, oh, they can't play. I, I legitimately want all of your opinions. And again, 877-996-6369 may take a couple of calls here as well. Why is college football the only sport? And people can say, well, it's because they're college kids. Okay. Like, you don't have to play. Why is college football the only sport that the Corona Bros seem to be focusing on and saying, wait, 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 it's too dangerous. You guys can't play. Why is that? I think it's because they're a sitting duck. Once a league comes out and says... Don't care what problem. Yeah. Yep. Don't care what the mob thinks or says. This We're is our playing, start date. Period. Deal with it. Yeah. That's what and this is the problem. They don't have a commissioner. We're playing deal with it. It shuts up the mob because the mob, by and large, are a bunch of wusses. But if you don't shut shut up the mob, then they all cut, cut try to come take their pound of flesh. It's like a shark coming and finding uh, Old Man in the Sea. Remember Old Man in the Sea? Spoiler alert, there's an old man, he's in the sea, and he gets a really big fish. Santiago and the fisherman, Hemingway's memorable tale, it's a big, massive fish. And it's like a fish that's going to change this old man's life. He's got the biggest fish ever. 
And then, spoiler alert, all you kids out there listening who are supposed to have read this on summer reading, I'm giving it to you. The sharks come and they eat the fish. And so by the time the old man gets back to the, the, the dock, all that's left, basically, is the carcass of the fish. And so everybody comes and they take their little pound of flesh the sharks can smell the blood. They, 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 they come. That's what the media is. And so if you don't stand up to them and fight them away at inception and say, hey, we're doing this. I'm not changing my mind. Deal with it. Then they come after you. Dub, is that a good analogy that because college football is the only sport without a commissioner, I mean national commissioner, who can just come out and say, hey, we're going to do this, that leads all of the Corona Bro media to focus their attention on college football and attacking its return. Dub may be fielding calls. Eddie, you're a college football fan. Do you build in? Do you buy into this thesis? Yeah, I would say so. And certainly you mentioned the, the, the lack of leadership there in college football and all the commissioners are basically, you know, calling their own shots. It certainly didn't help as far as the media coverage that the Ivy League, of course, came out yep. and canceled all sports uh, for the fall. And that was kind of the blood in the water to get things started. But but yeah, 100 percent. But it's wild to me that we're talking about the WNBA and MLS, which are both sports which have a pinprick of the overall interest level of college football, and they're coming back. And we know that the NBA, Major League Baseball, and all of these other sports are going to be playing hockey by either next week or the week after. I think a big part of waiting until late in July to return is having all those other sports underway. And this is where I think Greg Sankey and John Swafford at the AFC, uh, ACC, sorry, and uh, the commissioner of the Big 12, is it still Bill Bowlesby? I got a lot of questions in this segment. Somebody look up who the commissioner of the Big 12 is. I've forgotten. I think it's Bill Bowlesby. All of these guys are waiting to make their decisions. And I think the return of all of those sports is going to give college football a lot of cover. Because they're going to be able to look around and say, wait a minute, we just had 30,000 fans show up at NASCAR at Bristol. Major League Baseball is playing. The NHL is playing. The NBA is playing. MLS is playing. All of these sports are underway, and you're telling me it's not safe for me to play? Not to mention the NFL should be, by that time, back into uh, training camp, starting the training camp process for the NFL. So all of those sports are going to be going. You're and, right. You're right about the uh, Big 12 commissioner. All right, Bill Bold. So and, and by the way, I one. Bob it, Bo- I think it's Bob Bold. Bob, Bob, yes, Bob. it is Bob. Yeah. And really quick, Bristol's running tomorrow night at 7 p.m. live on FS1. Tomorrow night? Yeah. So 30,000 people are going to be in Bristol tomorrow? I don't think that's right. Well, I know we got a note here saying that it's running on FS1 tomorrow. I'm not sure about when the crowd is going to be there. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. So you gave us information that was only designed <laughs> to give an advertisement to FS1. Yeah, they're part of our family. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my show will be back on FS1 here soon, by the way, too. Uh, oh, with yeah, with baseball. Coming. Yeah, with MLB coming back, you guys should be back. Hopefully. Going to get some more details on that soon. But I, I think 
will be back in the next couple of weeks, uh, which is uh, which is my hope. And so all of this is moving in favor of there being college football. And we played that clip, which I think is important. Maybe we need to play that again to close out the show of the uh, of the doctor in Tampa talking about the state of Florida. There's a big disconnect going on right now between cases and deaths. And it used to be that death rate was very much connected to the overall case infection rate. That's not really the case anymore. And I I didn't give you this information earlier in the show, but I do think it's significant when you actually look at the numbers right now, yesterday in the state, uh, in, in the entire country, let me find this for you. Yesterday in the entire country, 327 people died with the coronavirus. I say with because there's a difference between dying with the coronavirus and dying of the coronavirus. Almost all of the people dying with the coronavirus have other comorbidities. In other words, if you have stage four lung cancer and you also have the coronavirus and you die, they are counting you as a coronavirus death, all right? 327 people died yesterday of the coronavirus. That means 7,200 people died in the United States of something other than the coronavirus. Because on average, every day in the United States, 7,500 people die. About 2.8 million a year. And almost no one has actually pointed that fact out or is covering death from any other cause other than the coronavirus. The Florida death rate for infected patients is now falling below 1%. And so to put that into perspective for you, if 15,300 people test positive for the coronavirus as happened a couple of days ago in Florida, that means that of all those testing positive, less than 150 of those patients will actually die of the coronavirus. So we're talking about now a 99% plus survival rate. In fact, it's closer to 99.9% survival rate, according to the doctor. We'll play that doctor from Florida who was on CNN yesterday who was actually giving some information. Dub, what did you text me? I didn't see. I already forgot, but just by the way, uh, the Houston Comets are no longer a WNBA franchise. Yeah, they don't so, anymore, yeah. Uh, you don't know. Do they any... not have a WNBA team in Houston at all? They no longer. Anymore, and nope. they took away my San Antonio Stars. They're now the Vegas Aces, which well, is you're giving still me, a little uh, Yeah, but now I'll remember yeah. that. for the You can't give Damn me Damn you. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> yeah, no well, there's educating There's like six other Clay. teams that you don't know. So. I think there's them. only eight teams. <laughs> yes. so I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, so the co- I was wrong about Houston both having the name of the women's franchise, which was the only fact I thought I knew correctly about the WNBA, and I was wrong about whether the WNBA actually has a franchise in Houston. L.A. Sparks, That's baby. correct. Is Lisa Leslie still play? <laughs> no. Has she been retired for a long time? Yes. L.A. Sparks, by the way, have more championships than the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, the Sparks. Is the Sparks... S P A R K S like a like a like a sparkler. Yes, that's correct. I don't understand that nickname. Is there a reason why they would be the Sparks? I don't know. Danny G knows more than me. He's a big fan of the Sparks. Have you ever been to a Sparks game, Danny G? <laughs> Never. Would you rather have five dollars <laughs> or have the Sparks win another championship? 
championships are always good for your city. No well, all right, let's go $5. around the way. Would you rather have, okay, L.A. crew, yeah. would you rather have $5 in your pocket right now or the Sparks win a championship? Uh, Eddie, I'll start with you. Give me Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, give you an Abraham Lincoln. What about you, uh, Danny G.? Uh, okay, $5. What about you, Roberto? Ah, read me another title, baby. Okay, you want the title. Two two out of three want the title. <laughs> he just bo- wants I think to I was- have more, more trash <laughs> more talk with Clippers fans. Yeah. yeah, that's just an angry Laker fan who has to talk trash at the Clippers based on the Sparks now because the Lakers haven't won anything in a long time. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll see whether Pe- – will Petros even answer that question or will he be afraid? And by the way, Clay, are, the, are we a Sparks affiliate? By the way, I'm probably going to get an email like, <laughs> no, "Hey, hey, jerk! The Sparks games are all on your LA affiliate. Why I, are you talking about? It? I'm, I'm giving them a even, lot of credit. Not but, even sure if they have a radio. My point no. is here: the WNBA is coming back, and some people don't think college football should come back. And I feel like I am taking crazy pills. The WNBA doesn't even have a fan base. There are literally like four or five people who legitimately care about the WNBA. I'm not even sure there is a single person listening to me right now who is a WNBA fan. And like and my entire audience, we have one of the big, we have the biggest sports audience in, the, in America in the morning. And look, like whatever you like. My point is college football is the second most popular sport in America. And there are people arguing it shouldn't come back. Meanwhile, the w- is the WNBA already playing? No, on the 25th, they start their season. All right. So the WNBA, the WNBA is beating the NBA back. Oh, man. Um, are they also in Florida? Yeah, they're also in a bubble right now. Oh, where's their bubble? Are they in Orlando? I'm guessing. I'll have to take a look I at that. I believe they're on a college campus, but I don't know what, what campus it is. Mm. And also, fans are attending July 15th tomorrow at the All-Star Race at Bristol. 30,000 people? It says twenty to 30,000 people. Okay. Th- that's pretty crazy, don't you? Th- I mean, is, are, is anybody even noticing that that's happening? People are like, oh, you can't play college football. I'm like, dimwit. In my state, where there are two college football teams in the SEC, at the University of Tennessee and at Vanderbilt, there are 30,000 people showing up for a NASCAR race. In July, somebody explained to me why we can have a NASCAR race in July with 30,000 fans present, but we couldn't play a college football game with zero fans present in September. Doesn't make any sense at all. When we come back, Petros Papadakis will be with us. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Petros Papadakis joining us. Taylor Swift with his walk-up music here in the Geico Outkick Studios. 
Petros, I feel like Major League Baseball, I want to start with a positive thing. First of all, are you topless? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what I like to hear. Uh, all right. Uh, so Petros Papadakis, picture him topless right now. Uh, let's go. Uh, Major League Baseball is back next week. Does this feel like it's sneaking up on it? Like, I, I looked at this and I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of a surprise. Next Thursday, the first Major League Baseball game. I feel like many people are not aware of how quickly that's coming. Does it seem like after all the talk, I know we had this discussion where uh, the debate about when they're going to be back and the, stu- the, the, the arguments and the negotiations and everything else, does it seem like, boom, now it's suddenly a, uh, a quick thing that it's coming back like, like it is? Well, we we still have about 10 days, but yeah. yeah, a week from Friday, we're doing it, and we get footage and live stuff every day from teams scrimmaging and watching the guys that we're used to watching out there playing baseball at a very high level, and there's stories every day that are COVID-related and testing-related and different stuff, and nothing's perfect, but... I guess we all felt like if the baseball guys could just get out there and figure it out with some protocol, that they could do it. I mean, I've been watching F1 racing, for God's sakes, and they can figure it out. And all these other sports around the world are figuring it out. What what was holding us back was just monetary when it came to baseball. We should have probably been playing already, but it looks as if we're going to have it. And... It's a perfect sport for it. The guys are separated in a certain kind of way. Really, they're just playing catch if you break it down in a stupid way. So I'm looking forward to it, and it is something positive, and it is something that we should be able to draw from and create some unity over and have a little bit of fun talking about in the sports world, but I'm not so sure about the sport that you and I love. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to next. All right, so let's go into this. Um, The WNBA, the NWSL, that's the National Women's Soccer League, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, MLS, PGA, uh, 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 UFC, and uh, NASCAR, and boxing. All 10, I think I just named 10 different sports, and if I forgot your favorite sport, I apologize. I think I just named 10 different sports, all of which either are playing or will be playing. Also, the NFL, which I don't think I named. All of them either are playing or will be playing in some form or fashion by August. And I'm saying the NFL will because they'll be in training camp, which I'm counting. How is it that all of those sports can manage to get back and college football can't? Well, I think you can answer that question just as well as I can. A... It's problematic in college because there is no governing body, really. And I think we saw this with the JT Daniels transfer to Georgia. And I'm happy for the kid that he's going to compete for the job there. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But the truth is, if that kid gets granted a waiver, then no no one should ever be blocked from transferring ever again and have to sit out. They could just cite that case. And what it tells me in a bigger picture is the NCAA is quickly losing power. And there really isn't any reason for the Power Five in football to just go away and create their own governing body. 
and manage themselves a lot better and find a way to pay the players. But we are headed in this direction no matter what, Clay, because all the football teams have almost nothing in common, even if they're in your conference. If you're Arizona State in the Pac-12, you have almost nothing in common with Stanford. They're unrecognizable how they run as a university, their endowment, what they celebrate as opposed to you. And that's the great thing. That's what we love about college football. But it's also a huge stumbling block for something like this because no one's going to be able to decide what to do. Now, i got two words for you, Clay. Are you ready? Yes. SEC Island. (laughs) Now, you have been to the Bahamas, right? Yes. And you used to practice law there. Uh, Oh, I was in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but the Caribbean. Well, some Which the Bahamas actually aren't in the Caribbean. A lot of people think they are. But yes, so I I lived in the Caribbean. Right, and you were not like a shady doctor chopping people up down there. No, I I was a lawyer. I I, I passed the, the, the Virgin Islands bar exam. And then I passed the Tennessee bar exam. So I'm, I'm licensed two places. Dude, I would love to see what that Virgin Islands bar exam looks like. It is it's really interesting. Um, so Were there any, like, conch shell questions about, oh, like, conch? For the lawyers out there, so the, the way the law exam is, and I'm assuming it's still the same way it was, you know, 15 years ago or whatever when I took it, there are two different parts of the most bar exams. There is the multi-state bar exam, which uh, is basically – multiple choice but everybody takes it all over the entire nation and that is one half of the bar exam super difficult super technical like if I took that right now even though I'm licensed and almost every lawyer listening right now we would all fail it right because you just have to memorize all these insane technicalities that you don't actually first of all you don't need to actually memorize very much when you're a lawyer you can look everything up But also, when you become a lawyer, like, let's say you're an environmental lawyer, you're an expert on environmental regulations uh, as it pertains to your area of the law, but you might not know anything about the criminal code as it pertains to robbery or burglary, right? Like, that's just something you wouldn't have ever worked in. So you have to have a wide variety of legal knowledge, and then most of practicing law is about becoming an expert in a specific part of the law but that's a that's a background so one half of the exam is multiple choice and then the other half is uh, now there are variations like florida has a three-day bar but most places have like a two-day bar the other half of the bar is all questions that are based on local law okay so most people when they finish law school They don't immediately, like, you aren't ready to take the bar yet. You have to then go take a bar prep course for the entire summer before you take the bar exam. And those are, like, insanely expensive, and you go take them, and you focus, and everything else. So my bar prep, they sent me, a uh, like, a binder with all the Virgin Island law that I needed to memorize and learn, and I had to study all by myself. So starting about Memorial Day, right after you graduate from law school, for basically two months, you just study for hours at a day everything to be able to pass the bar exam. And I had to study, and it's all this stuff in the Virgin Islands, like, you know, the coastal environmental regulations, which I don't know anything about, but you know that are different in the Virgin Islands because there's lots of beaches and there's all the shores and the and the and the all the beaches different and unique things. Shores? Beaches and shores. Yeah. Cuz sometimes you have the beach, other times you just have the shore. 
I watched Jaws four, which oh. was in the Bahamas, the the Revenge, over the weekend, and I think the shark's head blew off. Why did he take Mario revenge Van in Pe- the Bahamas? What's that? Yeah, he didn't know Jaws four was in the Bahamas. No, well, I'm just saying, why would his revenge be somewhere different than where they killed his father? Because he followed the family from Amity all oh. the way to the Bahamas to eat them. Oh, so he was – oh, that's amazing. Right. And in the movie uh, – and check this out in your Virgin Islands law – the shark swallows Mario Van Peoples, and then they blow his head clean off, and Van Peoples swims out and survives. That's a, that, that would be, can you imagine reading that on the script? Van Peebles is like, oh, man, I thought I, was, I got eaten by – oh, wait! Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the shark eats him, and he thinks probably when he's reading the script. Do you think Mario Van Peebles ever read the script for Jaws 4? I mean, Michael Caine was in the movie. Michael Caine was? Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't even put it on Van Peebles. You kind of have to put it on Michael Caine. Who's what? A, I mean, but Michael Caine did On Deadly Ground with Seagal in Alaska, too. You know, this is, this is one of those things. Like, uh, I watched Danny Glover, you know, star of Lethal Weapon. And he's in a Netflix Christmas special that I watched uh, with my kids around Christmas. And also, like Jeff Goldblum, we've been watching all the Jurassic Park movies uh, with my kids. Like, I think there are five of them. We've watched all of them. But Jeff Goldblum is the star. He stole a girl from me for a weekend when I was in college. Goldblum did? Yeah. Well, how'd that happen? Goldblum's kind of a kind of a Lothario in many ways. Yeah, but so who was the girl? Her name was Catherine. Cat, you and Catherine are together, and Goldblum. No, just... not really together. But I was trying to get her to go somewhere for, with me for a weekend, and then she ended up going somewhere with Goldblum. She ended. I think she dated Kyle Shanahan too. Hold Talk on. about okay. kissing the lipless. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the Goldblum. So you like this girl, Catherine? Is this in college? I mean, I wouldn't say I liked her. I mean, we had a relationship. She's okay. Sort of. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so this is in college. Yes, but like, Goldblum wasn't. Yeah, He'd right, that's what I'm saying. Fly. So you are a student at USC. Was she a student at USC? No. Uh, all right, so how old was this girl? My age about. Okay, So and I'm assuming like she's a good-looking girl, whatever. You're trying to woo her, even though you don't really like her. Get her to go away with you. Where were you well, going to go? Well, I liked her. I mean, it didn't ruin my life, but I wasn't very pleased that it was Goldblum. Where were you going to go? To the desert. You and her go into the desert, and then she calls you and says, hey, I can't go because Jeff Goldblum and I are, what were it's they going to do? It's not like we had plans, but I felt like, you know, she should have gone with me because I, I'd never really invited her anywhere, and she would have been excited otherwise except for freaking Goldblum. So where did Goldblum take her? God knows. And you never Probably saw just the, to his house. You never saw the girl again? Oh, I saw her again. Did you ask her about Goldblum? Not as much as I probably should have based on right. the conversation we're having can you, now can you come back with i want to continue to to so goldblum i want to talk about sec island and Gold, whether or not they let gary danielson on goldblum stole a girl from you i mean i wouldn't say he stole her because i would say i didn't own her i would say goldblum basically just walked up to you smacked you in the face said i'm jeff goldblum and i'm taking your girl i could have see you how seen, you would see it that way he could say he could say to you with a straight face have you seen Jurassic Park? Bitch, I'm taking the girl. Well, I don't know why he's got to call me a bitch. Well, I mean, because it's a and better line. I'm pretty line. confident that I could have beat Goldblum up at that point Is in my Goldblum life. a big guy? He's tall. 
Scrappy, you think? Well, he's a musician. He's dainty. Who do you think would win a fight right now, me or Jeff Goldblum? Don't wow. answer. We'll, we'll, don't answer. I'll get your I'm answer. I'm going to have to look it up. Let me do no, some research. This is called a tease. This is called a tease. Tale Who of the a fight, Me or Jeff Goldblum? We'll discuss. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Uh, I want to remind you, Danny G just said, go listen to the podcast if you want to hear the CNN doctor talking about Florida. we got to get into more important things like who would win a fight between Jeff Goldblum and me. And I just happened to check my email because I had to do the, the read there, Petros, and Jennifer has written in and said her entire uh, email headline is, who takes a girl into the desert? Come on, Petros. No wonder she went with Goldblum. So Jennifer here calling you out. I mean, I got to agree with her. A desert? Well, I mean, come I mean- on. When you say, first of all, I don't smell bad. I have a lot of problems, but one of them, smelling bad is not one of them. And I I don't want to be brought into your commercial read (laughs) in that way. And I also resent the double Taylor Swift. I love all the things that we say. You're upset that I said you smelled bad. Yes, I'm self-conscious about that because I don't. Uh Uh, There are many other things you could say that were true, but that one is not. The other thing is, uh, I doubt, is it Jennifer? Uh, what lovely hovel in this country is she from? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're yes. just going after Jennifer, who just raised the question, She's which I think is a good me. one. Come on, Petros. The, wait, no it, wonder she went with Goldblum. Goldblum wasn't taking girls into the desert. You don't know where Goldblum took her, A. And B, uh, when you say go to the desert and you're from Los Angeles, that means you're going to Palm Springs, Palm Desert, Rancho Mirage, which are resort places and very nice so, and she would have been shown a fine time and been fed a nice prime rib dinner at Lord Fletcher's restaurant, and which Anthony Bourdain visited once with did the you, guy from Queens of the Stone Age. So I will not have the desert disparaged. Did you have a uh, hotel room reserved in the desert for you? No, and, uh, my family has a home there since the 70s with a shag carpet, and I wore my grandmother's robes. She would have been beautifully impressed by me. Uh, I think you could take Goldblum. You do. He's 68 now. So, I mean, that would be – I have a 27-year advantage on him. But he's young at heart. He married a gymnast 30 years his junior, and he has two children, young children, Tony Randall style. And he used to be married to that big Amazonian woman from Thelma and Louise, Gina Davis. Oh, that's right. And she knows some fight moves. He was also married to one of the great, or not married, but dated one of the great actresses of all time, Laura Dern. So Goldblum is no slouch. He's also a jazz musician with a residency before all of this uh, COVID stuff down in the Los Feliz area. How much do you think they're having to pay him to do Apartments.com ads? Goldblum? Yeah. Have you seen those? Like he's doing, so I'm watching, I'm watching Yellowstone which is an incredible modern-day Western with, uh, with Kevin Costner as the patriarch of a Montana ranch. Love it. But all the ads that come on during this uh, Yellowstone show, it feels like our apartments.com. And my nine-year-old walked in, and he's like, oh, it's the scientist from uh, Jurassic Park. He's doing ads now for apartments.com. You know, he was also in Independence Day. That's right. And many will remember him as one of the horrible thugs in Death Wish which I think was his first movie. 
How Don't much do you bloom. think they pay him to do Apartments.com ads? A, a few hundred G's. Why? Oh, it's got to be cares? more than that. It's got to be think millions. Goldblum makes more? It's got. If you're willing to do an Apartments.com ad, don't you think you have to make millions of dollars if you're Jeff Goldblum? Well, it's not like reading a uh, it doesn't stink kind of ad. Uh, he, I mean, Goldblum is uh, he's he's not that dignified. I mean, he is, but Apartments.com is not like it's not like selling. Uh, I don't know a lot of the things that we sell. Yeah, <laughs> personal injury attorneys and such. <laughs> I I just I I do you think we could get Goldblum on to talk about the girl that he stole from you? Do you think Goldblum no. knows you? No. But he's married with children now. I know it's not like he stole it. It's not like he's cheating on his wife now. I'm talking about I'm not going to say he stole the 20 girl. 20 years ago it, when he when he took your girl. It was my girlfriend. I had a girlfriend. Uh, oh, well, this is, we got there's so much more that needs to be unpacked here. Uh, we got to talk to Petros again, maybe later this week, about Goldblum stealing his girl. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.